Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Milestone Church. Thank you so much for being here today. My name is Drew Wynn. I'm our family ministries pastor here at Milestone. Just wanna take a quick second. If you're joining us online or you're watching at a later date, maybe on social media, thank you so much for being here. Can we welcome our guests that are joining us online today? So glad that you guys are here. And you could have been anywhere, but you've chosen to be in church on a Sunday. So thank you for being here today. And I have just loved this Let's Talk Family series. I love that we're part of a church that doesn't just gloss over major things that affect everyone. And one of those things is family. Family touches everyone's life. And Pastor Jeff started this series the first week just telling us all about how humility is the foundation of a healthy family. My wife and I, every time we walk out of here, there's so many just handles we can take with us into our car, into our home to help change the trajectory of our family. We walk out this humility because we're able to show honor to one another, to our kids. And that was so great in week two. And last week, raise your hands if you loved the Q&A with Pastor Jeff and Miss Brandy. It was awesome. Awesome. So many nuggets of wisdom that were so practical and and really just want to take a quick second to thank Pastor Jeff and Miss Brandy for allowing me as a family pastor of our church to just share the heart that we have, not to replace you as parents or your family, but to partner with your family to help you raise kids who love Jesus. And I think maybe right now my favorite thing at Milestone Church is what God is doing in the lives of families. He's capturing hearts, transforming children, parents, fathers, mothers, entire families. Guys, seven days ago, we were in this room, or you were watching online, wherever you find yourself, we had the largest baptism weekend in the history of Milestone Church. Yeah, that's something we can clap about. We looked at this baptistry and just family after family, person after person, just entered baptism waters, just declaring, we don't have this, this all together, but we know who does, and we love Jesus. We want everyone to see that. God's plan for the family, it's here. I love his heart for your family, your specific Family, and we get a preview of that heart in Ephesians chapter three. Go ahead and open up to that right now. If you have a Bible like mine, you can just open it up to Ephesians chapter three. Paul is praying right here in this verse we're about to read. If you don't have one of these, take your phone out, um, close out of the Instagram app, open up your Bible app, type in Ephesians chapter three right here. But I just love the heart that Jesus has for our family. And here's what we're gonna learn. He tells us this, for this reason I kneel before the Father, whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Oh, I love that scripture because it means that anyone and everyone in here, no matter what family history you have, no matter how great it is, how broken it is, however you feel about your family today, maybe the argument you got in before you walked in in the parking lot. Oh, that's just me? Okay, great. (laughs) Preaching to myself then. No matter How you walk in and what family makes you feel, there's hope for your family. 
Because in family, one, it was God's idea. Our origin, our foundation, our potential, everything about our family started with God. What a promise and a preview of hope, no matter who you are and how you feel about family today. I don't know about you, but I have worries about my family. I worry about my kids. I'm not 17, I've been married for 10 years, I got three kids, I may not be able to grow a beard, but I got three kids. I love my kids so much. My oldest, eight years old, Willow, oh, my dream girl. She's so sweet, so smart, so strong. Oh, I love her so much. I've got my youngest, Goldie, she's two years old. And, and we'll just say this about Goldie. She's tiny, but she's mighty. Um, you never have to guess what is on her mind. She'll let you know. I have my son, Maxwell. He's, He's five years old, and I'm telling you, he's all twisted steel, all boy, all the time, all gas, no brakes, ready to let you know. I love this young man. And people tell me a lot that Maxwell and I, we look alike, we walk alike, we talk alike, we act alike, we are alike. And I thought it was a compliment for a long time, but I just think really they're just telling me I act like a large child. Yeah. God, help me find new friends. Great, awesome. No, joking, joking. And, Maxwell, he's our early riser though. So you never know what you're gonna get when you walk down the stairs and what he's done because he wakes up a little bit earlier than we do. And just recently I was walking downstairs and we have the same routine. I say hello, he's eating his egos. I give him a huge hug and a kiss. I tell him how much I love him, who God's made him to be. He's an awesome young man. And I go to the spot where he's usually at and he's not there. As a parent, that's not good. So we're looking around our house trying to figure this whole thing out and he's in the game room and I walk in the game room and what I come to, to find that he's been doing this morning, he's taking every pillow, every couch cushion, every chair, every couch, every blanket and he has made himself an army fort. And he's sitting there in front of his fort, chest big, super proud, just his whitey tighties on, two Nerf guns, a bullet, bullet belt across his chest. He's like, Dad, come in, take it! He's ready, ready to go. Oh, I love it. I'm walking in the game room, our wood floor is my, my right foot, steps in the game room and I just pause right there. Because what I didn't realize is there was water everywhere when I stepped down. I looked to the left, looked to the right. There's towels, paper towels, plants, whatever he could find. I don't even know how he got the water there. He starts laughing hysterically. He goes, I built a moat. <laughs> I will never tell him this, but we're just going to have a real moment. As a dad, I wasn't even that upset. <laughs> like you're five, this is impressive, bro. Like you put so much work into this, and that's right, no one's taking our fort, let's go! And we like hugged, and it, it's awesome, and I was, we are cleaning it up, because he had to go to school, and I was just like, hey, maybe not a moat next time. He goes, okay, dad. And it was good, it was cool. We built forts, just no water this time, it's been awesome. You just never know what you're gonna get with my son. And maybe like the worries you have about your family and your kids are funny like that, but I don't know about you, but sometimes the worries I have about my family and my kids are a little more serious. I'm praying for my kids, we pray every day for them. And gosh, maybe the worries you have are, will my kids ever have a relationship with God? Doing all that you can, 
you're helping them with everything you got, but they're the ones that have to make the decision. Maybe you're a parent that, that has kids that are a little bit older. They've grown up in church. You brought them week in, week out. They go to children's church. They know the things. They know the scriptures. They know how to dress. They know everything on the outside. And they're so close, but they're just so far away. They only live 20 feet down the hallway, but spiritually, they're just on another planet. Maybe your parent asking the question, will my child, will my teenager, will my adult child ever find the right friends? You've heard it said before. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Show me the five closest friends you have, I'll show you your next five years. You're hoping, you're wondering, you're praying, you're begging, you're, you're doing everything that you can to put the right people around them. Like, God, will my, will my child ever find friends that encourage them, that build them up, that bring them closer to Christ instead of pulling them away? Maybe your questions as a parent are much bigger. Am I doing enough to help my son? Am I doing enough to help my daughter? Will they ever realize and fulfill the potential and destiny that God has for each one of them. See, those questions are real. We're in church today. Can we just be honest with each other? These are things that we ask when maybe no one else is asking. These are things we think about. These are the things that, that, that just ruminate in our mind as we put our heads down on the pillow at night. These are all questions that I can identify with because I was that kid my parents were asking those questions. See, I grew up in DFW. I grew up about 45 minutes from this campus right here. My parents, they immigrated from Vietnam. They met here in DFW. I grew up in a blended family. I'm the youngest, the only boy. I've got six older sisters. Pray for me, please. But, hey, my man felt my pain over here. He's like, wow, yeah, wow. Pray for me, please. I'm a 90s kid. I grew up in the 90s, and, and there was a lot of fun in it. I grew up in Allen, Texas, went to Allen High School throughout the whole school system, made friends, had a fun time, played the sports, rode our bikes, did all that stuff, went to Blockbuster on a Friday night. Come on. Yes. And if you don't know, we'll pray for you. Most of my childhood growing up, the biggest worry that I really had was trying to ask my dad in a way to where, when we went to Blockbuster, can I get the movie and the candy, please? Yes, awesome. Because you knew over the next three days you'd watch the same movie about nine times because that's the only one you had right there. Some of the highlights growing up, but just like everybody else, my childhood had some lowlights as well. Parents would argue there's always conflict. I just thought it was normal. Sometimes that conflict with my parents would get pretty intense and to be totally transparent with you, I just remember being eight, nine, 10, 11 and being scared. Voices would get louder than I thought was normal. Things would be thrown, it would get violent and I just would hide in my room. And Fast forward to 15 years old, that's when the trajectory of my life completely changed. I kiss my parents goodnight on a Friday night, wake up on Sunday morning, and I walk downstairs, just like a normal teenager. You're just hungry, so you go to the kitchen. When I go down, and there's no one really in my house, I just hear my mom, she's just crying in the kitchen, just sitting by herself at the table, and I'm like, what's going on? But it's not like a regular crying. It's not like you hit your knee or your funny bone in a door, and it passes. 
You ever cried or heard someone cry so deep, things are coming out that you just quite hadn't heard before. Sat down with my mom and just asked her what was wrong, and she just began to tell me how just things have been brewing for the last several months. Her and my dad made some poor decisions with business and just personally and in their marriage, and last night it all kind of came to a head, and he packed his things, and they left, and he left, and they were gonna get a divorce. Oh, gosh, at, at 33 right now, I can still remember what that felt like, talking to my mom at the kitchen table as she broke that news. How broken, how, how, how a million questions just coursed through my mind and through my heart on just why and how could this happen. I knew we weren't perfect, but how did we even get here? And I just felt so hopeless. I know that in a room this size, or if you're watching online, family means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Maybe you find yourself walking in today or watching today and this is how you feel. Your circumstance, your situation, it may look different. It may not be because of your parents or anything like that, but it may be because of something that is hard pressed right here and you don't know how to overcome it. You feel hopeless. I just wanna refer you back to what we started with today in Ephesians chapter three. Family was God's idea. There's hope for your family. For this reason, I kneel before the Father for whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. That's you, that's me, that's everybody here. Here's, that, here's the reminder that no matter how dysfunctional, frustrating, broken, empty, old, young, perfect, awesome, nurturing, anything high, anything low, anything in between, there is hope for your family. Because God tells us there's hope for your family. He loves you. He knows you. He has not overlooked you. He is there in the midst of it. He knows everything going on with your adult children, with your teenagers, with your elementary children, with your newborns. He knows it all. He knows who they're going to be. And he says, you come from me. Family was my idea. I created it for you. It's a tool that I want to use. You can bring me glory when you do family his way. Oh, not only is there hope for your family, guys, there's hope for your kids. He gets so personal about the family. In Matthew chapter 19, you just type that in. We're gonna spend time in verse 13. And just to give you some context, what he's doing in the scripture we're about to read is so countercultural, so abnormal, so against the grain, but he does it anyway because it matters. He does it anyway because it matters. The picture is there's a group of parents with their children so desperate for their kids. They're doing anything that they can to help them. I don't know about you. If you've ever been desperate for a kid, you'll do anything to help them. You'll drop it all just to help your child, whether it's a good relationship or it's been dysfunctional. You'll do anything to help them. This Thursday, I got a text that, that, that floored me. I dropped everything and we went home. We had to take my son to the ER. Thank God he's healed healthy and whole and everything's okay. You don't have to pray about that. It's gonna be fine. But it made this scripture real for me in that moment. That's where we find these parents. That's what's happening right now. Taking their kids to the only one that can make a difference. Here's where we pick up in verse 13. Then people brought their little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Some say they sent them away, as some translations say, but I love his response right here. In 14, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as 
these. He loves your kids. He's making this statement because he's showing anyone and everyone that would pay attention and look, and a lot of us thousands of years later, that if you love your kids, you love your family, how much more does Jesus care and love for them? That he prioritizes his relationship with them no matter what, the least of these. All of us have worries for our kids. All of us worry for our family. Maybe you don't have a family yet, hadn't been with your family in a long time. All of us have worries about our own lives. This is the big point right here. That's what we call it in Milestone Kids when it's a sermon in a sentence. We want them to write it down. We want, when you ask your kids, what did you learn today? This is what we pray. They say to you. This is what I want you to write down right here. God works in our kids through the lives of people. God works in our kids through the lives of people. There's something beautiful, something so powerful when we partner with God and his people, the church, and allow them to work in our lives and through our kids' lives. We can't do it alone, guys. I don't know about you, but I need Jesus to help me parent. So you've got to be asking yourself, how do we help our kids grow in their relationship with God? How do we walk this out daily? How do we help them grow in the things of God? First thing, please write this down. A healthy family starts with healthy parents. Definitely need a theology degree to write that down. Not really, it's simple. A healthy family starts with healthy parents. It starts with us. It starts with you. It starts with me. We can only shape and parent and love our kids from a place where we are ourselves. The greatest thing that we can give our kids is a healthy marriage. When I love my wife well, I love my children well. When you love your husband well, you love your kids well. Sometimes we don't give enough credit to kids. They're so much more perceptive than we think. They can read the room. They can feel the tone and the tenor of a relationship. They can feel what's going on. They may not be able to verbalize it, but they know. This picture of health is much more than the number that comes back on a scale or your bench press max or your 40-yard dash when you were 17 and the knee injury took you out. The health that I'm talking about is how's your soul? How is your relationship with Jesus? How are you doing there? I'm not asking this question to put anybody on a guilt trip, zero condemnation here. I need to get off this platform and sit right there because God is showing me in such a real way. Drew, how are you doing with me? What have you done with me lately? We can only lead our kids from a place that we are. Because when we walk in sync with God, we're able to model what a healthy person looks like. What do we model? We're not modeling perfection. Sometimes as a dad, if I can just be totally transparent with you, I feel like I gotta have it all together. Because if I don't, then my family's gonna have doubts and not trust me and all this stuff, and I just, I, I, I hate failing. But the greatest thing for our kids is not to model perfection, because none of us are, is to model progress, model forgiveness, model repentance, model an apology. I messed up. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. We get to model it. No matter what you've done prior, I was talking to a father back there, just with so much guilt, leave that where that belongs, what you can 
handle, what you can control, what you can change happens today moving forward? How do we help our kids grow in their relationship with God? A healthy family starts with healthy parents. The next thing, teach your kids who they are in Christ. Teach your kids who they are in Christ. There's just something powerful, amazing when someone knows who they are and whose they are. Nothing from the outside determines or can describe you, only what comes from the inside. It's so much deeper than what you do and the behavior modification. When I became a new parent eight years ago, something that I just didn't know, because I didn't grow up with a bunch of babies and babysitting and taking care of people, I was just trying to figure it out. So we find out that we're having our oldest willow, and, and my wife and I, we start having these, she starts having conversations with me. <laughs> So what do you want to do? we got a new baby coming. Do we sleep train? Do we not sleep train? Do we parent like this? Do we discipline like this? What do we do? What do we, I'm like, what are you talking about? Let's just have the kid. <laughs> and we'll bring him home. Figure it out. There's all of these options, all of these opinions. And when they get older, they get into grade school. So they go to private school. Do the, is it public school? Is this school good enough? Are these friends good enough? Is it this select team? Is it this team? Is it that achievement? Is it tutoring? What are we going to do to put them on the track for the best opportunity? And they grow up and have all of these options and all of these things. And we spend all of this time to do all of this stuff. And guys, I don't have teenagers, so I can't speak from that place, but I was a youth pastor for 10 years. I've met a lot of teenagers. I've sat courtside seats into their life and their family's life for a long, long time. And I'm just saying, it is entirely possible that as parents, if we're not intentional, we can have kids who grow up and go on to their next season, whether it be college or full-time work or vocational school or whatever it is, with a brilliant resume and an empty soul. Teaching our children who they are in Christ is much more than behavior modification because the last thing that I want is a child with manners but a rebellious heart and spirit. Right. Teaching them who they are in Christ is about the heart. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. It's putting courage in their heart. God's truth in their heart, God's value in their heart, telling them what they are and who they are and you place it in their heart. That scripture in Matthew 19 says, let the little children come to me, do not hinder them. That's a picture of his desire to be in relationship with young people, parents. What if we were parents that removed the blockades out and we built the bridge in for them to experience who Jesus is? What if we were parents that, that had kids? Could you imagine if our kids could hear and discern the voice of God? Yeah. That when tough times happen, the whisper of God would be the guiding voice in their life and they would look to that more than anything else. The same Holy Spirit that guides us, the same Holy Spirit that, that convicts us, that, 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 that tweaks direction, that pivots our life, that gives us discernment, that puts the guardrails in, that, that just knows we shouldn't do that and we should go over here and say, the same Holy Spirit, guys, I just wanna tell you today, that Holy Spirit, there is not a discount version for your kids just because they're younger and smaller. The same Holy Spirit that loves you, the same Jesus that loves you, the same God the Father that loves you, they love, that, they love your kids just as much. They care about their soul. They care about who they are. Jesus loves your kids.
this week. I'm just going to lay this all out. I was praying, studying, preparing, talking to people much smarter than I am. What do I say? I don't feel qualified. I don't have these answers figured out. I don't have it all together. As a family pastor of Milestone Church, can please let myself, our team in Milestone, kids, the amazing people that are back there, please. We're not trying to replace you. We're not trying to take over your family. We're trying to help your family raise children who love the Lord that will see them as Savior and Lord. That's it. So how do we do that practically? We wanna help you with it. As parents, how you can teach your kids who they are in Christ. First thing, read the Bible to your kids. Read the Bible to your kids. Take God's word. You can open it up. You can bring your phone in there. That's okay. Read the Bible to your kids. You don't know what to read? Read the Bible to your kids. It's not so much having the right scripture that God ordained. Just a child seeing their mother, a child seeing their father, working outside of their own realm, outside of their capability, but going to God for these answers. Maybe you're thinking, what if they ask me a question that I don't know? I'm just, it's gonna happen. But we can model that when we don't know, we can look and go find the right answers to get in the right groups, to go to the right people that God has in this church. You know what? The, one of the most powerful things that you can say to your kids is, I don't know right now, but let's find out together. If your child can read, read the Bible with your kids. But read the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we can get you a Bible. If you don't have the resources to get one, we can get you one of these. Go to the info kiosk, go to Milestone Kids. We'll do all that we can to get you one. Second thing, that you can teach them who they are in Christ. Pray with them before bed. Pray with them before bed. How incredible can it be that at the end of their day, whether it be a hard day, whether it be a great day, whether it just be a tough day, that the last words that they hear in their mind and their soul and in, in just the entire day are words to the creator of heaven himself, the creator of earth himself. He's listening. I don't know how God does it. He hears all of us and he hears each of us. To talk to God. Maybe you're thinking as a parent, I don't even know what to pray. I've never prayed out loud before. That's okay. That's okay. Pray what Jesus prayed. Lord, bless my child. Lord, help my child. Lord, help me with this. God, help, help, help my child see and believe for these things in their life. There's just something that happens when, when, when out loud we express to God and our children hear our hope and belief for them. Yeah, so and watch God work yeah. in your life and in their life. We wanna make this as easy as we can so after you leave today, you can do this tonight to commit to five minutes that I pray will change the next five decades of your child's life. There's resources that we have for you. They're on the screen right here. The on-the-go passport's amazing. It helps you learn with your kids the characteristics and who God is. Jesus, he's Lord. He's provider, he's healer. All of these things in life, it's a sticker book, there's all these things that you can do. Grab one of those, download it online even. You can get the door hanger, that's as easy as you take it, you hang it on the door. When you go tuck them in at night, just take it off the door. Bring your Bible, you take credit for all of it. <laughs> Be the genius in your home, it's awesome. Oh yeah, I wrote this, it's all, yeah. Just do it a closer book, all those things, but please, 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 download them online, take them with you today. 
If you're watching online, text in to the number on your screen. We'll get you these resources. I've heard that people are grabbing two, three. Please don't grab 10. But if, but if we're running out, or we're low, we'll take your name. We'll send it to you. We'll figure this out. But please take a resource with you. Last thing, how do we help our kids grow in their relationship with God? Healthy family starts with healthy parents. Teach them who they are in Christ. The last one, don't quit. Do not quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. A great leader once told me that if you don't quit, eventually you will win. Don't quit. The child that, 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 that has space and doesn't want to hear from it and doesn't want to do it and they're rebellious and they know more than all of that, those are the ones you lean into right there. The child that thinks they have it all together, the child that seems healthy, seems fine, don't quit. Those are the ones you lean in right there. The child that's young, the child that's old, the child that's whoever, don't quit. Vince Lombardi said it, I've never lost a game. I just ran out of time. I was never going to quit. The same thing with parenting and family. We can't quit, guys. Your kids need you. Your family needs you. The body of Christ needs you. We need you. Don't quit. I think about stories of families who, who have all the reasons in the world to quit, but they refuse, and a name comes to mind. His name's Eric. Eric's a single father, an amazing man. He's he has an awesome son, Liam. Liam's nine years old, brilliant, brilliant young man. We love having him and Milestone Kids. He's been going since preschool. He's nine years old now. He's nonverbal. He's unable to speak. But Eric, he checks him in every single week, and he told us this story recently. It happened at the beginning of the year when we did a church-wide series called Seeds. After church one day, he picked up his son, and they're riding back home in the car, and and his son spoke for the first time, said his first word at nine. Oh, it's so amazing. And not only did he say it one time, he said it all day, every day, all week. <laughs> and um, seven days later, it's time to go to church again. And Eric doesn't know what the word is, but he's just happy that his son is progressing and growing and has done something he never dreamed he'd hear his child's voice. So they head back to church and they come in and walk into the commons, they get get Liam checked in, and Liam's so excited. He's saying the word again, and he runs into church. Our volunteers, leaders, we give him a big hug. He has a great time, and then it dawns on Eric what his son was saying. It's a huge display. It said seeds. All week, Liam, seeds, 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 seeds. He was just so excited for church. He wanted to come back for seeds. And Eric began to tell our team this, and he was getting emotional, and, and it just reminded me that maybe if you're sitting here, and you have a dream for your child that seems like a dream that maybe you just, you don't know if it's ever going to happen in reality, but it's a dream that God put in your heart, it's a dream that God gave for your family, that just maybe, just maybe, you partner with God, you partner with his people, he works in the life of your child, and you'll see something that was once a dream, and maybe, maybe it just might happen in real life. I remember in that conversation with my mom at 15 years old, oh, my heart was so broken. I remember how it feels today. But in that moment, God placed a dream in my heart that even if my family was broken, when I grow up one day, God, would you give me a family? Oh, God, would you give me a family that looks different than the one that I grew up in? God, would you help me reconcile with my dad? Oh, guys, I was so angry with my dad. He left. How could he do that? But God, you can, so just 
please, somehow, some way, this is my family on the screen, guys. We're not perfect. Our marriage is not perfect. Our kids are not perfect. They build moats. <laughs> We're figuring it out. But as a couple, we love God. We love Jesus. We've devoted our lives to help people understand how good and gracious and kind God is. And our kids, they love God. And we're going to figure it out as we go. But this picture, it makes zero sense. Guys, I could not buy this, manipulate this, and plan this. To stand on a platform to share with you about God's plan for your family coming from such a broken place. But what I've learned to discover is when you put one foot in front of the other, small steps that God has for your life, when his word directs your life and you just do whatever is next, we're not looking big picture right now, man. We're looking at what is today, what's tomorrow, what's next week, what keeps happening, and then God takes you to a place that you never dreamed possible. Please throw up the next picture. My dream, I'm living it. It's my dad. Our relationship is not perfect. Um, he lives on the other side of the world. He lives in Vietnam, so we don't get to see each other a lot. He travels back and forth sometimes, but God has orchestrated some conversations and some situations where we get to build our relationship back. He knows my kids, he knows their birthdays, he knows my wife, we FaceTime. God's given me just spiritual fathers and my father-in-law and just people in my life to just build this idea of how great a father can be, to teach me how to be a dad. I just never dreamed these things would happen. So whoever you are and you're sitting here, you're like, you don't know my son. You don't know my marriage. You don't know my family. You don't know my situation. You don't know my kids. You don't know what I'm walking through. You know what? You're right. I don't. I would love to sit down with you and just hear about that sometime, but here's I know that God knows exactly what's happening in your life and nothing is too much for him. His arm is not too short to save. He, he, nothing taxes him so much that he can't act in your life. So if you're here and you feel hopeless, can I just tell you there's hope for you. There's hope for your family. There's hope for your kids. His name is Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, I love you so much. Thank you, Jesus, for every family that's watching right now, that's hearing this, that's part of our church, that's watching online. Thank you for every single one. God, I just pray that where they find their self today, God, please reveal yourself and work in their life. Draw hearts back to you. They've been gone for a long time. They've been out doing other things. God, Jesus, draw your people back to you. Draw families back to you. I pray for new families right now, God, maybe first-time parents, and they're bringing their child home for the first time, trying to figure all these things out, messes to clean, diapers to change, bottles to make, all of these things, loads of laundry. God, would you remind each mother, each father, that in these mundane things, you can work a miracle to grow someone up. God, to love you, to follow you. God, for families right now that feel like they've messed up too bad, that they're too far gone, that there's nothing more that can happen, God, right now, speak to those families. Remind them that you are powerful, that you are so good, that you are so kind, that you're personal, God, to each and every family. God, work in that family. Show up where they need you. Fill in the gaps where they're broken. Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you for today, and we thank you for all people here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.